All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Wednesday, January 17th of 2024 here. Looking ahead, we have a nine-game NBA main slate today, as well as a three-game NHL slate. So for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. You get your questions in one of three ways here. First off, send us an email, support at SaberSim.com. Second, post it live in the YouTube chat. Third way, post it in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord and want to get access to that channel, there is a link in the description of this video. You get access to our similar channels, individual sport channels, and you get access to the rest of the SaberSim team here. So can't say enough good things about the Discord. But with that said, we're going to get the app pulled up. We are going to start with questions that came in in the Discord as always. And uh, to be quite honest, guys, we don't have a lot of questions today. So... If you do have questions and something's been on your mind, chances are it's been on somebody else's mind too. So now is the perfect time to get that question in and get that question answered, okay? So first question here. Wouldn't it be better to incorporate 50-50 cash contests with GPPs to reduce your risk? Okay, very good question. The truth is here that we at SaberSim and our testing have determined that cash games in 2024 are very hard to beat. Projections are good across the industry. They're, they're optimizers across the industry. It's not that hard to build a strong cash lineup. And when you factor in the rake, it makes it very hard to beat cash. So not to say that there aren't players who aren't beating cash. There are, but there are, you know, few and far between. And when it comes to working with a limited bankroll, when you only have so much money to play with, you have to put that money into the contest where you think you're going to get the highest return on your investment. And that is going to be GPPs. We feel that the edge in DFS in 2024 is still in GPPs and not in cash games. So what we recommend is playing cash games I'm, I'm sorry, playing GBPs more than cash games. So that is why we created the DFS profit plan. For those of you not familiar with it, it is our internal contest selection framework that we created for our users based on contest back testing here. So we did a project. If you guys are interested in what that project looked like, go over to our behind the Sims playlist and then go over to episodes one through five here, contest selection. So these are going to be the conversations and summaries of the information that we found in the back testing project that led us to creating the DFS profit plan. So this 17 minute video sums up. It is a too long, didn't read version of all of that work that was done. And then that was just what was on video. A bunch of other work went into that behind the scenes here. So we feel that the DFS profit plan is the best contest selection framework out there. I don't know of any other sources, putting out something like that. But the point of the profit plan is to smooth out the swings of DFS while still allowing you to grow your bankroll, uh, playing a combination of single entry and three max, as well as 20 max and 150 max and, and splitting up your bankroll allocation into a set percentage per night on a nightly basis here. Okay. So uh, check those things out. If you're not familiar with them, I'm a big proponent of them, follow them myself and, and really have seen the variance smooth out for myself here as well. Okay. All right. Um, one quick thing to talk about here. Um, you know, there's been a lot of questions about it. So um, for those of you guys who are familiar, uh, if you go to the top right corner of the app here, 
you're going to see that Saberson Classic is still an option, okay? So this is the old version of Saberson before we move to this all-in-one build framework here. So we've kept it up to help people as they transition over to the new app, but the time has come for Saberson Classic to be discontinued here. We are going to be discontinuing it the Monday after Super Bowl, okay? So this still gives you, you know, a, a couple of weeks here to get used to it. So we're talking about, uh, where's my calendar? We are talking about one, two, three, like three and a half weeks-ish uh, here until that needs to get discontinued here. So you have plenty of time to make the shift, you know, start practicing, ask questions. You know, that's what this show is for. You can come in here. You can ask questions. Hey, I was doing this thing on Classic, and now I can't figure out how to do it on the new version. What do I do? Like, we, we like that is the point of this show is for me to help you guys out using the app and figuring out the ways to do the things that you want to do. So don't hesitate to come on here, ask questions. The team is around to make this transition smooth, but uh, we made the move to Saber Sim three, I think in like September here. So, you know, it's already been four months now and, and it's about time for us to discontinue that and put all of our focus on the new app here. So that's what's going on on that front guys. Next question here from KJ. KJ said, do you recommend starting with a fresh build when late swapping, starting to think all my initial rules and exposures are limiting my outcomes during late swap? Okay, good question here. So um, so what I would do is, you know, say, say, say I'm late swapping, right? So I think if I get an entries file in here, it'll just open it for me. Okay, so say I have this build, right? And we'll just run some lineups. Bang, bang. Bang, run 500. And then we'll just kind of, we'll kind of talk about this here. So let the lineups run. All right. So lineups are finishing up now. So then say, say I'm good with these lineups, right? I'm, I'm happy with them. They're, they're fine here. So then I'm just going to fill. And then I'm going to duplicate, no problems. Okay, boom, I download them, right? Okay, so now my lineups are in my file. So then I want to go late swap, right? So I'm going to click this button. First things first, you know, your swap method, right? So you have two options, use defaults or clone. Now, if you're somebody who comes in here, sets minimax exposures, all of that stuff, projection adjustments, et cetera, filters, rules, whatever it may be, right? You're setting up stuff up here. You're going to do that. Then I would suggest using the clone option because this will take all of those rules, all of those filters, all of those adjustments and carry them over into the next build and make sure they're active. If you use default, the rule will still be there, but it will not be turned on. It will be turned off. Everything, a fresh table, no rules, no filters, et cetera. Okay. So those are the two big differences there. Now say that, you know, okay, I want to use defaults, boom, I'm going to late swap here. So then you come into this window, you know, you run your late swap. Now what you can do is you can use this late swap build the entire night, okay? So when you come back to SaberSim, come back, refresh the projections, make sure that the next set of games have locked, okay? So like, say I have a 4 o'clock game, okay, I come in here, I run a late swap before 4.30, and then after 4.30, before the 5 o'clock games, I want to come in late swap again, but I want to use this same window. So what I would do is I would come in here, refresh the projections, and then I would just go and check these teams, like just check one or two, okay? Go on the team. If if everything is working correctly, 
the team will be grayed out because their game time has already started. So what I like to do is just, hey, you know, is bot is is the Boston players grayed out? And if they are, perfect. I know that I know that everything's good. And then from here, when you have lineups, you just use the rebuild lineups button, and then it's going to rebuild your lineups within this same window. So it'll know who is locked, and then it will rebuild the rest of the lineups from there. So I'm a proponent of, you know, whether you have one swap window, whether you have two swap windows, however many you have, use the same ones over and over again, and then you'll be all set, okay? All right. And then last thing here, you know, if you guys are running into issues where, you know, maybe you have 20 lineups, but it's only returning 15, it, it's possible if you're using cloning and you have rules and, and minimax exposures that some of those things are limiting the builder from building all the iterations of each lineup. So what I would do is I would start to take those things off. So if you have 20 and then you get to 15 and you have, you know, um, some rules that like you're, you're, you're okay with, you know, but, but you're okay not having them. You know, I would turn the rule off and then run it again. And then I would turn the next rule off, run it again. And then maybe you get rid of some of your minimax exposures. Maybe you open up the bands. Maybe you do some stuff like that and then see how many lineups you return overall. Okay. So it, it's a little touch and go. It's a little massaging. You know, don't be upset if it doesn't work the first time. You know, you can just rebuild over and over again. It is okay to run multiple builds. All right. Question from Jules. Joel said, new here. I've seen a couple of videos and noticed there's a min column, but no use of it in the videos. Is that something the coaches or pros ever use, ever put to use? And if so, how often? Okay, great question. And hey, uh, glad you're new here. Happy you found this show. So thank you for asking a question here. So the minimum and maximum exposure columns, okay? These are ways to guarantee that either one, you have so much of a player, like percentage-wise, or you have no more than. So it's like at least or no more than. So let's say that, you know, I'm I'm building my lineups here and you know, I have I have no Anthony Davis, right? I have 0% exposure in my 20 lineups. Well, maybe I want some Anthony Davis for whatever reason, right? Then that's an opportunity to come in here and use the min exposure column. Maybe I want, you know, four lineups with him and then I put in the 20 I can either hit apply or it depends if this auto apply exposures is on. If it's on, then it will do it automatically. If not, I have to do it manually here. And then I go in and then now I get my exposure to Anthony Davis. So um, it's a tool to allow you to force players into your set of 20 because look, you have 20 lineups here, but we built you 500. So if your top 20 do not have Anthony Davis, don't sweat it. You just need to tell the builder you want some. And then what the builder will do is it will go and search through your pool of 500 lineups until it can find enough lineups with him in it. So see that instead of my last lineup being number 20, it's now number 95. So what the builder did is like, okay, we need to find four Anthony Davis lineups. And then it's going to go down in our pool until it can find them, right? So then one other thing with that, you know, just in case this happens, you know, let's say that maybe you want to lock in LeBron James, but look in your pool, there's only 18 lineups with him and we're looking for 20. So what's going to happen here is that we're going to get an error message. The builder is saying, Hey, I don't have 20 lineups with LeBron. Don't, don't worry at this point, click, keep editing. And then what you should do is use the rebuild lineups button in the top right here. This will take this minimum exposure into account before building your lineups and make sure that you're going to have 100% LeBron James. So you don't run into that error message again. So those are, those are my tips there. 
All right. Next question from Jaden. At approximately what time are the contest sim settings for FanDuel all uploaded to SaberSim? Um, I'm not sure what time exactly, but let's just go check and see here. So, and it and it's it's really just the contest being loaded up. So I'm not seeing them right now. So I'll just post a message here uh really quickly. So I want to make sure this gets taken care of. All right. So let me get make sure that gets up here. Thanks for the heads up. Those should be up, I don't know, hour or so. All right. RB1 said, please explain the key differences in how simulations function between late swapping on non-ultimate plans. Thanks. Okay. So uh, really there's no key difference as to how late swap works. So let me just talk about how late swap works. So what happens here is that when we rebuild your lineups, we are locking in the players who have started. We are seeing how much salary and what positions are left to be rebuilt. And then what we do, we run the Sims. So we go and grab Sims. We play those Sims out play by play. And then we see how all the players in the Sims did. Now, depending on what lineup spots and how much salary is left, the builder will put in the best available pieces to fill out the rest of the lineup. Now, when we get into the post build is when the ultimate difference in subscription changes here. Because in late swap, you can run live contest sims. So what's happening is that we are using the live data in the contest sim. So we're saying, hey, up to this point in the game, you know, Drew Holiday has scored X points. So he's going to get projected differently for the rest of the game. And that is what Saber Sim is going to use in the contest sim. So like when you set up your contest sim, you know, you, you see these options, use live sims if available, use live field lineups if available. These are for the contest sim specifically. So if you're not on the ultimate plan, then you're not going to see those options for your contest sim because you don't have contest sims. But what you still have here is Saber score. So the difference with Saber score here is that instead of, of using the, the actual ownership, we are rebuilding the ownership for the rest of the slate. So what happens is like, you know, say, say we're playing NFL, right? Uh, NFL is like a good example here. Okay, so say ownership comes in. You know, there's there's certain ownership for the Houston Baltimore. Now, for whatever reason, let's say that Christian McCaffrey gets ruled out. That's obviously slate-breaking news. So what's going to happen is the ownership for the Houston and Baltimore players is going to get locked, the projected ownership. And then what we're going to do is we're going to rebuild the rest of the ownership for the rest of the slate, updating for Christian McCaffrey being out, and then re redistributing ownership for the players that have not played yet. So that, that is the key difference between like pro and ultimate uh, at, at the pro level, you are rebuilding ownership based on the original projection. But at the ultimate level, we are using the actual projections. I'm sorry, the actual ownership that comes in, in the contest to represent each bucket. So for instance, the flagship MME, this is going to be the ownership from the, you know, $20 million maker. And then that's going to get assigned to all the players. And then the ownership gets rebuilt from there. So each of these buckets here 
has a dedicated contest that represents it, which is like one of the biggest differences. All right. Question from Sharon about how long between beta releases to production releases on average. Uh, good question. So we, we try and do an update to production at least once a week here. Not to say that all of the changes get pushed right away. Some of them require more testing. Some of them end up having more bugs and require longer periods of time to fix. So I would say, you know, if I had to guess, maybe like two-ish weeks, uh, depending on the the size of, of the update, anywhere from two to, like for the bigger updates, you know, we did one in the summer, like we beta tested it all of July, just because there was a lot going on. Uh, that one took about like a month, but for some of the smaller bug fixes, those go on beta. Okay. Everything's good. Okay. Those get pushed in like a week. So really just depends on the impact of the change. All right. John B said, it's not a major issue, but when I click on the bookmark for SaberSim, it opens to a past date. Even if I log out, then log back in, it opens to a past date. Is there a way to change that? Uh, yeah. So what's happening is that you're loading an older version of the app. So the easiest thing to do is to not use a bookmark. But if you do want to use a bookmark, what I would do is when you log on, do a hard reset. So on Windows, it's Control-Shift-R, and on Mac, it is Command-Shift-R. And what you're doing, you're clearing the cache from your browser, and this is going to load up the most recent version of SaberSim as opposed to the old version from before. So what you can do is you can update your bookmark every once in a while. You could you know, um, just type it into your URL like go in and type app.sabersim.com or you can just log on and do a hard refresh, which is uh, what I just told you. And those things should get you taken care of. But with that said, we're all caught up with questions in both the Office Hours channel and the YouTube chat. Appreciate you guys tuning in as always. And we will be right back here tomorrow, Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern for our next show. So until then, everybody take care. Good luck. I'll see you all then. Thanks. Bye.